One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, good afternoon to you or evening, morning, whenever you choose to listen to the COB podcast. It's the 25th of August. It's great to be here with you. I'm Nadine Blaney. And with me as always is Scuddy. How was your day? It was pretty good. It was a bit busier than I thought it would be at the start of the day. <laughs> but uh, a good day is a busy day is a good day. So uh, happy days. Good. All right. Um, happy days for the local market. I mean, it was... Uh, Pretty solid finish, up by half a percent for the XJO when all was said and done. Uh, were you keeping an eye on US futures today, Scotty? I was. At, uh, it's my, uh, I'm amazed at how powerful it is as a sentiment indicator at the moment. Uh, US S&P 500 futures, I've not seen anything like it in my 20 years in markets. Uh, the ability for that particular asset to go and switch on risk assets and risk off throughout I know, the trading session, particularly in Asia, is remarkable. So uh, not surprising that we close up today because what do you expect? Spoos are up about 0.4% when I last looked as well. Okay, so how, how long do you think this influence could last? I mean, I guess that depends on the drivers. It is, well, you've got to go back to like over a decade. So the post GFC era, we saw central bank policy became very easy. It was all moving basically in the same direction. And uh, looking at uh, that, we saw that risk on risk off behavior last for quite a while till we started to see a bit of divergence when it came to monetary policy settings. Now, I can't see uh, monetary policy getting uh, tightened anytime soon in any part of the world. Uh, and with increased uh, electronic you know, automation of the markets and the like, I just wonder that uh, it could be a lasting force for many, many years to come. So spoos all the way, uh, unless something you know, changes to go and upset the apple cart when it comes to policy settings. I can't see it changing anytime soon. The banks did really well today. You've got to think that that's on hopes of uh, reopening coming through. You'd presume so, but then I qualify that by saying the same hopes that went and drove US markets to fresh highs overnight were out the entirety of yesterday's session and banks fell in. So uh, make of that what you will, but uh, it was interesting that uh, there was a delayed reaction to these uh, virus uh, treatment hopes or vaccine hopes, depending on which uh, headline you're reading. Yeah, but I mean, pretty significant performance coming through from the banks. Westpac up 4%, NAB up 4% as well. Afterpay deserves a mention. 92.48 was the high there. We had brokers moving on the stock on the back of that acquisition it made to expand into Europe yesterday. I didn't come up with this myself. I'm reading it in the fin just now, but it says that the company is now worth more than Kohl's. Pretty well, amazing. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, and kudos to anyone who's been riding the uh, the wave higher. But uh, I'm not sure about you, Nadine, but it does seem like a bit like cheerleading. It was only about five months ago that we were talking about the stock being around $8. It's now more than, it's up more than a thousand percent. And basically, we don't know what's going to happen when it comes to the macro drivers, the, the cohort who use that service. But uh, the market is certainly liking it for the time being. But uh, this chasing ever-increasing price targets is what you're seeing in things like uh, Tesla, all those kind of things. You wonder, like, this is a mania. Is it actually being underpinned by anything apart from this mania for the time being? Well, we'll be able to read through the reports on the 27th, so day after tomorrow when it comes to Afterpay. But the market is well-guided. Um, I, 
I will be, I've been proved wrong before, but I'll be surprised if there's a huge market reaction, even if it's a very positive report, which it likely will be, because we, we know so much of what's going on out there. No, I think there will be a market reaction. Oh. I just, it's because the only focus at the moment is just on revenue, uh, revenue growth when it comes to total transactional value users, and that's all the market wants to look at. And fair enough, uh, that's, that's what the market is. You can't go and argue with it. But certainly I wonder whether it uh, is sustainable. I want to see what happens when the stimulus measures get uh, no wound back to see whether we can see these bad debt levels, which has been a major factor behind the latest leg higher, uh, can be sustained at these very low levels. Yeah, stimulus, uh, that's always a touch point. Uh, okay, so we're in reporting season. We had a whole host of uh, company CEOs and MDs on. It's just been so fantastic the amount of time these people have been willing to spend speaking with us. We've enjoyed every minute. Uh, if you don't go to our website regularly, if you don't have the app, you should get it because there's a whole section called the corner office and you can literally, if it interests you, go from CEO to CEO to CEO. We talked to everybody from Nano, which is, you know, a, a, a software company essentially, based in SF right now, talking about the growth uh, projections for that company to, you know, blue chip type stocks in uh, terms of oil search. I finished the day actually speaking with Kieran Wolf from Oil Search. Uh, look, they have done a whole heap of work in the first second and third quarters against a very, very difficult backdrop. There's still a lot of work to do in the fourth quarter. Uh, it appears as if uh, the staging of their Alaskan project will allow the company to avoid needing to raise capital again. If you'd like to hear other details about the outlook in both Alaska and P&G, you can access that via the show notes. Uh, listen, we spoke with Western Areas CEO or MD. We spoke with uh, Parenti Global. Uh, Ingrid and Daniel spoke with Blackmores. Uh, it's an interesting one because you'd think in this pandemic there would be, you know, a heap of demand for vitamins and the stuff that they sell. I know my mother-in-law was uh, stocking up on Blackmores and she couldn't find it anywhere in the height of the pandemic, but it was actually China there. Um, there was a bit of the sore spot. Yeah, it's interesting. And just from a broader perspective with Blackmores, it does go and show the risk of being concentrated too heavily into the Chinese market. Obviously, so many opportunities out there when it comes to the sheer size and the wealth of mass that's, uh, that's been accumulated there. But uh, if something goes awry, uh, it can be a pretty abrupt uh, no downturn. So one to go and keep an eye on, but uh, certainly Blackmore's uh, no shareholders have had an absolutely wild ride over the last few years. That's one thing for <laughs> yes. sure. And today, ending down by about 6%. You can again access that via the show notes. Center Group was the stock of the day on the call. Uh, it reported, obviously, I thought it was interesting reading through the report that CFO, CEO Peter Allen was at pains to point out that that industry, so the retail industry, has given the most support to um, than any other industry. And he said, look, we've done it all without government help or government um, handouts. So uh, they're talking about, obviously, the, the big focus is rent collection, total rental building collections over 80% in June or July, but um, clearly no interim dividend will be paid and it's unable to provide guidance. Just such a troubled area of the market, but don't listen to me. Let's find out what Howard Coleman from Team Invest had to say about a center group. Center group has started a digital offering, but really their main value used to be their physical properties. Now that still is their main value, but as they've recognized, that main value has come down in value by approximately $4 billion. So, you know, it's hard to see Centre Group either increasing its return on equity or alternatively uh, increasing its earnings per share 
uh, on a steady basis over the next uh, five to ten years. Uh, all that I can see is it gradually eroding as rents gradually come down and more and more shops stand empty. So yeah. definitely not a wealth winner. Now, it's really cheap at the moment, so I suppose you could argue that if you want to be a trader, you could buy it and try and sell it a bit later for more money, but it's not a long-term investment. The trend is heading the wrong direction there. So, I mean, the scary thing is there, like your revenue for first half is what, one billion, and then your loss for the, for the half is 3.6 billion. So mm. that's not a, that's, that's a pretty nasty line there just in itself. Yeah. So PEs aside, obviously what, nine, for PE that doesn't look expensive, but if you're not making a lot of money, the PE is irrelevant. Yep. So, yeah, the trend's against them, you know, 40 Westfield shopping centres. So, yeah, it's just going to be a tough space here. It just sort of feels like the wrong macro. And that's Gary Glover finishing it off there from Novus Capital. So, yeah, neither of those gents very keen on centre group. Scotty, you know, retail, <laughs> need I say more? Yeah, it's not going into the fund. Maybe we should go and establish a short fund as well. Maybe it could be a short play, you know. <laughs> All right, so we've got reporting season continuing tomorrow. Lots happening. Looking forward to it all. Uh, I'm going to just actually now, we've got to wrap this thing up. I've got to speak with the CEO of Hub24, Andrew Alcock, and we'll be playing that out in the morning. And then, yeah, again, we've got a whole host of CEOs, including Ryan Stokes, who is the CEO of Seven Groups Holdings. And uh, yeah, looking forward to that interview. It'll be interesting because it's a bit of a bellwether here in Australia when it comes to broader economic environment, but also they have some interesting holdings in, um, in the tech space. So yeah, we'll look forward to that. Hey, it was a quiet day. Uh, well, I guess we had the payrolls data report. Just feel like we didn't talk about it very much today. Yeah, it doesn't change the other story too much. No, mm. to, to basically wrap it up pretty quickly. Uh, it's basically being led by Victoria, which is not surprising. So we saw both wages and payrolls going to drop away. I was having a look at the analysis. It seems that uh, food services, you know, things that are tied to uh, you know, reopening of the economy have been where the hardest areas have been hit. The uh, white collar jobs seem to be amongst the absolute ones where the least impact has been seen yet. I think that's where the concern though lies, that economic conditions become weak, that we start seeing job shedding in those high income areas. Uh, obviously, a lot of our information is still to digest. It is dated as well, being the, uh, the start of the month. I think it was 8th of August it comes up to. So nothing really changing the dial, but uh, it does suggest that the, uh, the progress that we saw when it came to job recovery has stalled for the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll be watching out for US new home sales coming up tomorrow and construction work done. So yeah, it's going to be another day highly focused on earnings season. But yeah, it'll be so interesting to see if the U.S. markets can hit yet another record high. Yeah, exactly right. It's an unstoppable force, particularly the, uh, the tech stocks at the moment. And uh, whenever the, uh, there's a re- uh, reopening or a vaccine headline, you see the uh, cyclical sectors go and come to the party as well. So very, very uh, bullish momentum for the time being. But uh, there's also a lot of good news being factored in both from uh, COVID perspective and also from an economic perspective. So there are risks out there of disappointment. Yeah, we had a bit of um, enthusiasm about a headline coming through between um, the China-US trade talks. The senior US and Chinese officials say they're committed to a phase one trade deal. So uh, that, I guess, caused a bit of optimism in the Asian session, but uh, that's very far away from any sort of a uh, hard headline, I suppose, with anything really backing it up. We've got the Republican convention continuing in the U.S. I haven't had a chance to keep up with the Twitter sphere on that one, but looking forward to that tonight. 
And looking forward to doing it all again tomorrow with you, Scuddy. As am I. And, and for the, uh, the Chinese trade data, just go and look at how far behind China is okay. when it comes to the, uh, the ability to keep up with the phase one agreement. Uh, those positive headlines do not reflect the reality. So obviously, you know, another positive thing, but uh, no, underneath the surface, it does say that uh, it's basically you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, noise out there again. Let's call it a wrap. We'll see you tomorrow. Sounds good.